Ladies and gentlemen, how are you all doing? Welcome back to another episode of Stories Around Azeroth with myself, the one and only Titans Creed, and as always, the most benevolent gnome this side of Mechagon, one Mr. Frasley Tastic. How are you doing, Aww. sir? I'm doing awesome. I uh, am just feeling the love and uh, you make me want to jump for joy. Do some uh, jumping jacks and then some squats and then eat a bean. Yes. yes. If uh, anybody doesn't know, Mr. Frasley, if you go and catch his streams over at twitch.tv slash S, he's added some new channel point incentives, which you can get for watching his channel. They're a lot of fun. And, and I just set up a cat cam now. So Oh, you've got way. a cat cam set up as well, have you? Because I, I made a mistake. I My cat did not want to eat the tree on camera. I, I, he's, he's like, I was holding him up and he was like, I don't want to eat the treat there. So I put it on the floor and, so, and then like, people said that, that they get ripped off on the points. I was like, okay, so I set up a cat cam. Uh. But yes, it's been another, another week of 8.3, ladies and gentlemen. Um, just when you thought things couldn't get any busier with everything we have to do, the, the race to world first is here which has been interesting. I haven't managed to catch as much as I did last time uh, due to personal stuff, and I think I'm going to be more invested in it than Mr. Frasley here. But yes. it's been uh, it's been definitely interesting the way this one has evolved, I think, essentially. Mr. Frasley, though, what have you been up to this week? I know you've been a busy boy over on your stream this evening. Oh, yeah. Uh, this this evening, I just finally unlocked Valpira. Nice. So I was... I've been working on it for the longest time. If I had been faster, I could have outfoxed the reputation system, but I did not. So I have I've been working at it. But I finally tonight get the emissary up, which was up on Friday. But I slipped around on the weekend, so I wasn't able to get it done yet. But I finally got it done. And Leo Wild, a, uh, a great friend, get, donated the the name Zato. So it is a the perfect name for a warlock. And I'm like, I'm Zato the Volpira Warlock. And... <laughs> okay. Demon Fox. Yes. Oh, man. How cool would a Volpira Demon Hunter be? Ooh. That would be cool. With the, with the, like gliding with the glowing around. eyes and the... Oh. Oh. I mean, because we now have death, death Knights with all the other races. Yeah. Come on, Blizzard. Can you can you give us Demon Hunters as all the other ones? That would be just so amazing. I think it would be really cool. I mean, they'd have to obviously change the... Well, they'd just have to input another starting area. I guess if it ever makes sense, they'll do it. Just like how they've brought back um, the Shadowlands, uh, Bolvar and everything else, and redone it for all the allied races. So we'll see. Who knows? Uh, it might happen down the line. It might not. Hopefully it will do. I mean, with everything having to level from one, it makes zero sense for all classes not to have stuff it, it does make all it doesn't make any sense that all class all races still can't be monks either but okay imagine a gnome demon hunter version of illidan called like gilligan i'm still waiting for gnome druids and paladins to be fair yeah i i am too y you know maybe they're there and you just can't see them i mean because we we think that maybe they're already there, or maybe those 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 tiny little things that that that, that um 
There'll be kills somewhere. Maybe they're those. That, those. I was waiting for where this story was gonna go. I had a thought, and honest. then I lost it. It was on a, it was on a past episode of Frazzlecast that we talked about where gnome druids are, and I totally lost the joke. Sorry, something was playing that I don't know why it was playing. Um, yeah, so I'll tell you what. How about you you talk us through uh, some of the Volpira stuff? Because I've obviously done this a while ago. So how did you find the, the Volpira unlocking chain? Like, Because now that you've done this, I'd like to talk to you about it as well. So first of all, you tell, yeah. me, you tell me and tell the chat, the live chat with us, how you found the quest. I thought it was cool going back to some of the the other zones. And at first, Bane seems like a jerk. He's like, well, you're you're welcome in our city, but you can't join our, our, our faction. So in chat, we were kind of talking about this. And in a way, he's just saying that because he's taken over as war chief, he doesn't, or at least chieftain, he, he doesn't know about the resources because we're, we're trying to regroup. We're trying to figure out who we are as a horde. And... We're being taxed a lot of different areas in the Horde. So the Volpira do a really cool thing. They said, okay, we're going to try to figure out what is the Horde struggling with it. And they go different places. Uh, they, they find it. And I love the, the callbacks. Things like like going back to Legion, go back to Cataclysm, and even go back to BFA. So it was fun that they called back to those. And I enjoyed it. I liked that they weren't. it wasn't as long as... I think the... Lightforge Drenai quest. That one was long. Tepartos! That one. Yeah, no. Uh, the Lightforge Drenai did feel long. What I want to what I want to get your opinion on is how do you feel that this quest uh, came across compared to the Mechanome one? Because the Mechanome one, to me felt like it was just tying up a storyline end essentially with the mechanomes and uh mecha talk whereas this one actually feels more like you're doing something to help the the volpira get into the horde and you see that yeah. you see that horde the horde even though it's past its problems and everything else there are still parts of the horde you know that is just running day to day and everything else and it feels like it's still a turning machine and the Volpira are earning their way into the Horde, you know? Which is, you know, quite different. Where it's just like, you know, you're helping the whatever faction do their own thing. And then they just, for part of it, just get accepted into the Horde, you know? Like, so it, um... It's, it's building more storyline for the Horde. And it's kind of saying that maybe the Horde has has issues that they're... That, 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 is that what I'm hearing you saying? Kind of. I'm just saying, like, Bane's trying to be a leader and do leader things and, like, try to work out um, how to help the people as a whole. And because of yeah. that, he's already he can already tell that the resources are taxed already for who he's trying to help already rather than try to get more people in the Horde. And then they obviously show that the Volpira can be a great asset to the Horde. It's showing different leadership types because with the mechanomes we were trying trying to reconcile two different disenfranchised groups yeah the, the, the gnomes the mechanomes and you go to different gnomes saying hey do you want to bring this person in whereas with, with the horde it's one person's opinion that gets you in so 
I I don't think it's quite fair to compare them same same. But yeah, Mechagons does end the storyline of Mechagon, and and it, it, it fills that. Oh, and Mecha Talk as well, essentially. Yeah, it just it just feels. I don't know. I I, I felt more interested in the Volpera storyline than I did the Mechagon one personally. I can get that, and and for me, I like both. I I felt tied to the the, the Mechagon one, but I've been following the Mechagon story since the first sighting of it. Yeah, back at the beginning of BFA. So for me, I like the fulfillment, whereas like I I'm I'm not as closely tied to the Volpira side or the Horde side. So maybe it was what I was more interested in, and and I like the Volpira questline. Yeah, no, it's it's really cool. I just, I just, I don't know. I don't know what it is about it. I just think that it's, it felt more interesting to me as a story they were telling compared yeah. to going through the motions, you know? It just felt, it was a quest line to just, with the Mechanomes, it just felt like it was a quest to essentially give them a reason to be part of the Alliance. Whereas the Volpira wanted to be part of the Horde because the Horde helped them in Voldenai compared to the Alliance, as we've talked previously, you know, the Alliance essentially were hunting the Voldenai uh, in the long run for it, but um, because, yeah, we helped the Voldenai, the Voldenai wanted to join the Horde and then because of that they then earned a place in the Horde whereas, if you look back at like uh, Maghar, they are still refugees that just ended up because a Horde champion went and helped them uh, if you look at the Nightborn, like, th again, they should have been an allied race to both people. There was no reason for them to join the Horde over the Alliance, be just because they talked to uh, Lady Ladrin, you know, and just yeah. uh, preferred her opinion and the Sunwell and everything else. And the High Mountain Tauren just siding with the Horde because they're Tauren. You know, both of those stories, the, the, uh, the champion that any player plays, whether it be Alliance or Horde, went through both of those stories, you know, and helped them out in their own way. So, but this one, it just felt like the the Voldenai just earned their way in. And I, I think that's why I enjoyed it more. I don't know. It's, it's, it's definitely something to me, but, um, yeah. Well, and I think it does bring up that like different stories resonate with different people. And because again, for making gnomes really, and not just because I love gnomes, but that one, it resonated with me. But I can see why Volpira would resonate more with you. And, I mean, I am more of a alliance aficionado. Oh, yeah. I, I just like lore stories in general myself. Um, yeah. That's... I, I, do, I do think that the Volpira does lend back to the, 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 the Horde being a ragtag group of people that, have, that are coming together against odds. That part is cool. And, and, and I, li I, I like that, that vein... Bane is almost like Anduin in the regard that he's trying to lead the people and do the right thing. And even in this quest line, he was like, I don't I, I don't want to make the wrong decision. I mean, it's all on me. Anduin was thrust into power with the death of Varian. And Anduin is still learning things. He may be making mistakes. But we did have Anduin's coming to terms with that at, you know, during Legion, you know, as yeah, part of that whole storyline. So I think this is probably leading into Bane realizing it because, I mean, Bane is trying to. Bane's never been one to do quick decisions in, in I, I even 
he held that great restraint back in the the scenario for BFA where he so wanted to smack Sylvanas and be like, "Yeah, you Sylvanas." Ah! Um, the the thing one. the thing is when it comes to the horde though is that you know post Sylvanas leaving, there's a council now. And the the problem I see with this, from a storytelling point of view, they'll always treat it as a council, but because, you know, going outside of it and going to a more of a blizzard front, because Metzen no longer is there, you know, yeah. we, we probably won't see a lot of thrall as part of this council. Which is, again, is just going to be interesting slash difficult. Plus, he's going to have to go back to Nagrand and, you know, deal with it with his wife and child and... So, how long is he actually going to be in Orgrimmar as part of the actual, uh, as part of the actual council? God, words are so, escaping me this evening. So it's, it's, it's also good. We're not. It's good that Thrall is going to be coming back because the Horde has to be under new new, new leadership. I mean, they they've lost Sylvanas, they lost Fulgen, and and Thrall. I mean, in in a real world analogy, it's like Blizzard is is. They've changed leadership under the people. So the horde trying to figure out who are they without these these standard people. I I'm, I would actually I want Thrall to not come back in all the way because I mean Metzen's not in here and Metzen is Thrall. Yeah, his his life is Thrall. I want to see what what we can do. I'm enjoying seeing Varian, not Varian, Anduin. I'm enjoying seeing Anduin wrestling with it. I'm enjoying seeing and. Like we, this is a new, a new alliance in a way. He's learned from his dad, but we're trying to see where does it go from here. And, and I want to see where the horde go, goes from from here. Yeah, I think a lot of um, we'll have a lot of time to see where the horde will go in the direction. And I think when that story comes with Shadowlands, I think that's going to yeah. be where the story is going to come in. You know, more than anything else like um where the horde will go and if there'll be specific stories regarding certain things will we see uh will we see a specific uh, specific leader talk uh to one of the spirits or anything else you know yeah. um and and i still see bane being the one that puts aside factional differences before sylvanas cut down the communication line bane was talking with anduin i I could see if Bane is the, is the new person. I know Blizzard has said on the surface that we're having our factional divide. I still see the possibility that it, that it, it gets lessened or goes away in regards. So, I mean, I mean the factional the the factional divide has to exist for two reasons, really. Uh one, because PVP still needs to be a thing in the game. Um it's already implemented and there will, will never be a, a a game without PVP. And B, it does allow for better storytelling. Don't get me wrong. I'd love to have one faction that is able to... I could play with some Horde players. Horde players could play with Alliance players. It, From a PvE standpoint, it would make so much more sense to be able to party up with someone. And, you know, it also expands the... Gets rid of a lot of the divide when it comes to raiding. And people yeah. don't have to be pigeonholed into Horde or Alliance. But then, again, it makes the Hall of Fame difficult for Horde slash Alliance guilds. And then, yeah, you've got mixed groups. I mean, you just have to change it to top 
X groups that do it and everything else. So one thing I do want to ask you is how did you find after you made your Volpera? Because oh, I love that I love that character screen. It the sunset over Voldenite is just really really nice. Oh yeah. How did you find like the intro video for them and uh, starting up in Orgrimmar? I like it, and and it, it going from the the perspective of you're going to make your a name for yourself, you're going to explore. I like the the nomadic feel of the Valpyrie that that they're that they're just out to try to to do the best and, and be the best. I think they have one of the better heritage armors as well. Oh yes, oh, I mean, Worgen looks good. Get rid, get rid of the shoulders. How dare you? How dare you, sir? The working, the working heritage armor does not look good. I, I mean, like it. It looks better in game than it does on any still shot. Yes. But it still could have been so much better. But I think, I think, I, like even horde mains have turned around and said that the working heritage is terrible and that they really got bad. Some people enjoy the goblin one. I think it's just um, it's it's another casualty of BFA to be fair, um, and, and 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 I do think like something that, like this, as Rose said, we need a, a world of of Warcraft. We need a, a podcast. Your news and your latest takes on all the fashion trends. World of Warcraft. <laughs> uh, what is that? Is that like a podcast for all the furries, like who play a furry type class in? No, wow. It, it, it's transmog. It's anything. All right. I mean, I, I think we, we, we need a, an expert on transmog because I've got bad fashion sense, as, as people have said. And, I mean, you I are mean, trying to speed level a metal diaper gnome, so. Yeah, see? See, I mean, wait. But, you, you know, I do wonder if, if opinions on transmog all depends on our point of view. Well, I mean, of course, every, everything, is, when it comes to looks of any specific way, will always be someone's specific point of view uh that's that's just the way it is um yeah like just depending on how you feel like you look like i think i think i can make some quite nice transmogs from time to time i had one during the raid the other day where uh like i think i had capo and a couple other people and capo was asking me where i got certain stuff and it was just i just made my death knight uh not my death knight my demon hunter just like pretty golden it was pretty cool you know it's just a shame that um it's uh, just a shame that sometimes when there's any sort of transformation effect, there's no carryover for how the actual transmog looks. Then that's kind of... I, I think that's kind of why the Worgen one looks as bad as it does. I feel like it's modeled specifically for the human model rather than the Worgen model. Yeah. But I could be wrong. I mean, the, Mi top, the top hat looks pretty all right, I'll be honest. Uh, but... Like, I haven't logged back into my Wurgen to do anything on it since uh, I've got everything. And I admit, I have not gotten my Wurgen to 110 yet, so uh, maybe I've not put it... Uh, in you need to get it to 120, I think. Oh, that's right, because it's, it's not allied. Yeah. Uh, so, see, I, I need to actually wear it before I can make any any definitive guess on it, which is why I would not be a, a good host of a Transmog <laughs> podcast. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you'd have to also, like, I think when it comes to people for transmog stuff, you you'd have to go and run so many old raids 
on like each of your classes as well every week just to try and get your transmog drops yeah it's, oh, so i mean so bad i did win trial style as a no with gears oh well well done i haven't even attempted the trial of style yet i'll be honest the next one's up i think in march I believe. Yeah. i'll have a look soon it's all good so have you done anything else in the world of warcraft this week mr frasley yes because so far so everything I... we've talked about you've just done today so i i did do the the horrific visions but i did the mistake of i need to do the other the, the secondary boss to get my upgrades so oh the corrupted area you're up to the yeah. corrupted areas to beat okay fair enough so the, did you do this on your own or did you do it in a group again i did, I did my, on my own because i just unlocked it and i felt like okay i want to at least go in there i am glad that i understand how valeria works so Valeria, yeah yeah well there yeah I, I i keep thinking of like of a different character from, from, from another thing yeah. but yeah i i i'm gonna do it on on orgamar because i heard one if you go to the barbershop there's a nice toy yes i found that and i got that myself this week i was coming back past but the barbershop is in i think it's in one of the lost areas which is one of the the harder sanity ones i can't remember it, yeah isn't it in the drag uh it might be i can't remember i've got it now should... i don't need to worry about it you should know Orgrimmar, or or or, or, or do I forget? You, I'm the I'm the, I'm I'm over on the alliance. I'm playing I, alliance as well. I keep forgetting that because we can't play with each other over because of regions. So I I don't I don't see what all I know is that whenever we do the show, you're on the right on the on the. That this is just a thematic look, right? Okay. Okay. Look, I'm just going to have to change it up in the future, and I'm going to have to put... I'm going to have to adorn your screen with, like, lots of gnomish things, and I'll have to yes! adorn mine with... stuff. <laughs> just things. Um, like, but, yeah. Like death and metal, and yeah! Death oh, and metal, God. yes. Except yes. I play a demon hunter, so probably fell and green. Um, oh, true. Indeed. Um, so, uh, Horrific Visions... Um, yes. I did my first full clear this reset in Orgrimmar, which has unlocked one of the hard mode masks. To which point I spent the next two keys unlocking the other two masks, which requires you to have um, have one of the faceless masks on and then go and clear one of the lost area bosses. So I did a full clear to begin with, which was pretty fun. It, it felt pretty good. Uh, like, it was a lot of fun and everything else just to get it done in time. I think I finished it with about two, 300 sanity left. And I haven't taken the sanity booster either. So, I don't have, like, um, oh, 1,150 stats, uh, sanity. So, I did it on my own as well. I just looked at a, a decent AoE tactic to take. And, like, not ta uh, tactic, but AoE build. And just, yeah. just felt more comfortable pulling bigger packs and just AoEing them down. The, the biggest problem I have is I still, because I'm trying to act too fast, I still get caught out by one of the mechanics where on the lost area where you go to either of the lost areas this reset, basically what can happen, your your screen will shimmer purple and then uh, basically like you'll get surrounded by mirror images of yourself and if you hit one of those then you get disorientated but there's a gap you can run out. So I keep getting hit by that and disorientating myself for like four seconds while I'm in the middle of combat and it's not pleasant. Um, but otherwise, like, the faceless masks all do something interesting. Like, the first one you get for doing a full clear 
is it will cut your sanity in half. Oh. So you have 500 sanity to do anything. So basically, I did a two-wing faceless mask clear to get a second mask, which basically the this mask you can. Every time you move, it leaves a void zone behind, which drains your sanity if you're standing in it. Interesting. And so, the one really I get... Gotta... Sorry, after you. So you really got to be mindful of where you are. And does that go away? Yeah, they do fade out after time. But it's, okay. it's, like, it's like a minute or so that they'll be there for. So you've just got to be careful. Like in stuff like uh, Thrall or something else like that, you have to just be mindful because you got to remember that every other boss that you clear as well, you've got um, you've got the additional bosses stuff as well. So there's a bit of a bit a bit of silly stuff. Um, but when you're going, when you get that the the Voito, the Voito mask isn't a problem. The other mask that you get from Orgrimmar this week is when you beat uh, Rexar and Thrall. And the Rexar mask basically increases all sanity damage that you take by like 300%. So like a normal a normal tick that you would get for like 25 sta- sanity or something else will tick for like 75, 100 sanity. And it takes yeah. a lot it takes a lot out of you. So you you got to be really careful. Now, there are a couple of achievements linked to horrific masks. So what there's an achievement for unlocking all five masks for a start. But there are there's a couple of achievements that are noted to uh, do a whole clear. So, first of all, you, the item level drops that you can get from your end chest will increase, but you've got to do a full clear with a given with any mask, and then you got to do a full clear with two masks and everything else. Now, the reason why the masks make it hard mode is because for every mask you put on, the mob's health and damage is an extra twenty five percent bonus, but you get extra corrupted mementos for this, so you can basically. Okay. If you're good, you can farm up your uh, research faster. Or you can, like, once you've got your research, you can then save up for the rewards. Because you need to have completed the entirety of the research before you can get the cloak transmog and the mount. And the, I think a pet. I'm not sure. But they're a lot of fun. Um, it was definitely interesting going with, like, half sanity. It felt harder. But there's also, I believe there's a title that you can get called The Faceless One for doing a full clear on your own with all five masks activated. Ooh. So I'm going to quickly look up what the, uh, what the, what the masks do quickly. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what Stormwind's going to be like. Like, I've got better gear as well, uh, which is really interesting because it it makes a lot of difference sometimes because if you've got a higher gear level you're not going to worry about that 25 percent extra health or damage because you're just going to chunk through it because yeah. and this is the thing i felt quite a lot when it's come to uh when it's come to horrific visions like when i'm doing it solo i feel like it's so very easy to hit to break through a lot of stuff but i'm guaranteed i'm a higher item level than yourself like i'm a heroic raider essentially so yeah. i have a heroic raider item level and um but when i do it in a group i can definitely feel mobs going down slower because they've got 125 percent extra health for each person in there so if you go in with five dps 
in in a group it's gonna you're gonna be able to chunk through everything because the 125 percent per player doesn't scale better with five different play with five more players especially if they're all dps but you take in uh, and i think i might have mentioned this off the cuff last week but if you take in a main character which is 440 item level when i first went in there and my ult who after doing all of the um the quest line for 8.3 yeah. And getting like the gear it gives you is about 410. There is a noticeable difference, especially because you don't feel comfortable on a non main character. So, like, I think the character I took through first was a Death Knight because it was another melee. It was play, I can play Unholy fairly well. It's not a difficult spec to play. You know, you just put up uh, a disease and just go through it and everything else. So it, it's interesting, but I'm having a lot of fun doing it, and I'm looking forward to trying to do more. I've got another... I think I've got another two keys worth after I finish doing dailies today. So I'll probably stream doing it, maybe a mask or two, because I want to... Doing a full clear with, another, with one mask on will definitely give me a higher item level. I think it's like 450, 460... Blah, 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 blah. trying to find trying to find information right now uh but it's, it's it's so weird sometimes you know it's just it's very interesting right here we go so first of all the faceless masks so one thing to note frasley if you do a full clear of a zone with any of the faceless masks on you get the faceless mask as a transmog reward oh so it looks like it's a um a squid face kind of so they're, they're pretty cool on its own. But, so the Faceless Mask of the Long Night, which is the first one you get for doing the full clear of a horrific vision. So that one reduces maximum sanity by 50%. So the two you can get from Orgrimmar this week is the Faceless Mask of the Burning of the Burned Bridge, uh, which causes Void Zones to spawn in your path and drain sanity if you stand them, which is what the one I told you. Then the other one you can get is the Faceless Mask of Daredevil, which is all sanity drained is caused by creatures increased by 400%. Sorry. So when you're against Rexar, that's really horrible because he spawns beasts which charge at you. And every time they hit you, you lose 15 sanity normally. So 100% is you're going to lose 60 sanity every time they hit you. Yikes. Yeah. So the two you can get from Stormwind will be uh, the Faceless Mask of the Pain. So each area will consist of two madnesses instead of one. So that's the starting that's corrupted, that's lost. So you'll get two different ones, but each zone always has like a, a like a selection of three. I don't think that's too horrible. I think that'll probably be one of the ones that most people will be able to do a lot of clears with. Yeah. As their first one. And then there's Faceless Mask of the Dark Imagination, which is while below 50% sanity, occasionally an enemy of the void will spawn and attack you. Now, I don't know what that means. I have no idea what that means right now. I mean, uh, to me that that seems like a, like a extra ad or some something like, something like that. Yeah, uh, I mean maybe. I mean, do you have to kill the ad? Can you just stun it and kite it, root it? You know, just keep it away and then it will despawn. Like that would be an interesting thing that that you that you if you can't kill it, it's just it's there and it's just like extra. Ooh. Mm. So if I do a full clear with the mask this week, I'll get a 450 bit of gear, which isn't too horrible. And then it goes up by five item levels for each mask, which unless you can get five masks on farm, that's about 470. But this feels like 
with the right mask setup, you could probably... Like, I think I could do the Void Zone, the the Pained one, maybe the below 50% Sanity one. I could possibly do those as a three mask clear. But for the first clear of every week, I could get a 460 bit of gear if I could clear that on my own. You know, nice. that's, that's not horrible. That's on par with my gear that I have at the moment. So, there's lots of other rewards as well you can get. Like, um... So, obviously, if you do... If you get through the depths of vision, which is the meta for the horrific visions, so which is doing the most horrific vision of Orgrimmar, which I forget which that is. I forget what that achievement is. Give me a second. It's so the, it's, the most horrific visions when Sparwin is finally defeated by Orgrimmar. Oh, that's. Uh, I believe it's complete. Uh, you've got to do Orgrimmar and Stormwind in a single visit with all five masks on. How do you go from Orgrimmar to Stormwind? No, like, there's two separate achievements. Okay, okay. So, you've got, so in one week you get most horrific vision of Stormwind, and then the following week you get most horrific vision of Orgrimmar. But you've also got to have Unwavering Resolve, and you've got to have We Have the Technology. And Unwavering Resolve is for, I'm going to just tell you right now. Oh, it's having your cloak rank at 15. Okay. Now, I believe that once you get it to rank, I believe it's 12, which is quite a few weeks yet, because we're only up to rank 8 this week, aren't we, as a maximum? So there's at least another four weeks away, but I think you need to start doing lost areas then. And, I mean, I believe from next week, rank 9, it requires at least two clears with the corrupted areas, because you need... And you need to do both because you need four pages next week. And what is a corrupted area versus a lost area? So you've got your basic area. You've got the corrupted area, which will take uh, Orgrimmar as an example. That'll be the Garona area and it will be the Zekan area. Now, okay. what happens is you get a different madness, but it also drains more sanity than the base area in Orgrimmar. Now, okay. they're kind of like where Thrall is like the easy area. Like, the corrupted areas are essentially the medium difficulty areas, and the lost areas are the hard mode, because they've got uh, another one, which is obviously the harder madness to deal with. Like, as I said, it's the five mirror images, you don't know where they're going to spawn with the gap, and um, that it drains even more sanity per tick as well, which is obviously reduced down by your level of your cloak. So... For example, if I wanted to... I would just do two normal clears next week if I felt comfortable. Or, I, or I'd do it with a mask on if I really want the mementos because it costs like 3300 to get my next step in the research. Um, but I'm going to need to do two runs with two side clears in order to get those. So, And then that's going to... The next week after that is six and the week after that is eight. But then I believe the final week after that, we need to do Lost Areas for rank 12 and above. So we're now getting to the point where because they've buffed the 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 visions, the, the ability to buy the key so much. Like if you do your dailies every day, and I mean just the dailies, not worrying about the events and everything else. Do the dailies and doing yeah. your cash and everything else. You can probably get somewhere between four to five keys a week. Which is better than just three to four. You yeah. know, so you've got the... Because I've got... I'm going to have five keys t 
tonight and that's five days on the eu reset with another two days to farm some more but i'm only gonna get three thousand plus whatever the dailies can work out which i think is another i think it's another th like close to a thousand per day so i could end up halfway towards a key and have another three keys on on launch you know because yeah. it's just on wednesday so i'll have more than enough keys to do it but it's going to get to the point where if i want a rank 15 cloak as a priority that i'll need to start keeping keys in my bag and like because you can keep five of the keys on you and have two and a half keys saved up so it's going to get to a point where i'm going to need to because like for rank 13 14 and 15 i'm going to need six final truths 12 final truths and 18 final truths which are probably going to be one per lost area run you know which means that i'm going to need for week on week 13 if i want to get a, a rank third if i want to get that rank cloak for rank 13 i'm going to need to do three clears on with both lost areas the week after yeah. that is double so i'm going to need to do my three runs only and then pull the rest of the keys i can get for the following week because i'm going to need to do six runs and then the week after that i'm going to need to do like like what's the next step up i can't math right now 18 divided by two i'm gonna need to so, do nine runs in order if i want to get it at the rank up per cloak every week so i know the artifacts have a catch mechanic i take it that there's not one for this because of a there's a finality to it so yes and no the catch-up mechanic is where the cloak is gated per week so okay. if you wanted to take an alt if you took an alt through to get to horrific vision level you'd be able to go up to the max of rank eight this week if you were able to get the keys for it you know and get a friend to help you just do some of the corrupted areas you could essentially do that because you only need to kill through four five times i think like four times plus the base time and then you need to do a corrupted area and then four corrupted areas after that so essentially you could catch up to rank eight but you got to remember that once you get to week 15 you can then upgrade the cloak through doing more horrific visions and there might be something that you you might need to do a full clear with like a faceless mask on or by defeating the Zoth to get an upgrade material similar to how the uh the trinkets from argus could get upgraded he would drop a material you upgraded it by five item levels i'm not i don't think it increases the item level of the cloak i think you just get more corruption resistance because i think at rank 15 of the cloak you and if you use one of the miners you can get like 110 corruption resistance at rank 15 which is uh when it comes down to min maxing for what corruption items you can use i think because in terms of raiding this week, we defeated Vexiona, Raden, and uh, Ilganoth on our second raiding day this week. But we're not going to get anywhere close to... Because we've got the skip quest open now, so we've picked it all up, those of us who were there. But that requires us to get four more kills on Vexiona, Raden, and Ilganoth. Before, but we're not sure if we can get time to get on to Carapace with doing two raiding days a week. 
So it, we feel like... I think that we'll get a, a heroic Raden kill before we get to rank 15 Cloak. Which is seven weeks. Like, I was fully expecting us to get it within seven weeks of it being open anyway. So... Eh? Um, I don't know. But talking about rewards from the rest of it, there are... Yeah, so if you get the actual meta achievement, which is having all of the reputations... Um, Unwavering Resolve, which I forget what that is. Oh yeah, having the cloak to rank 15. And completing a, a horrific vision with... Uh, all of the faceless masks unlocked. Uh, basically, you get rank four of all of the th new miners. Okay. And you also get a mount as well. But there's uh, a title reward for doing all five masks on and doing it solo, which is called the faceless one, which is a really cool title, and I want it. Yeah. Um, I still think it'd be cool to, to, to run the versions as the with the insane it would be nice to have a prefix and an affix uh for the titles yeah um it would still be cool there's apparently a um enchant illusion you can get from hilarious corrupted chest so uh which is void edge which i think is just like a bluer version of the pre-order bonus for shadowlands interesting that they that even on, on the the bonus they're giving you different color of that well, yeah, because the I believe the one that you can get from the Shadowlands one is like a whitish, whitish look, isn't it? Yeah. yeah this one is just like a, a blue look across all of it. Okay. Um, so once you get all the research, that's an achievement there, and then if you get mementos after that, you can unlock a backpack transmog. So it changes your cloak into like Rathian's, like a Rathian black, black dragon scale backpack. You know, oh, like that's good. you know, like how the recruiter friend has like a backpack transmog and everything else. And the the transmog doesn't give you any extra backspace. It's just no, no, no. It's just a backpack look. So. Oh come on, come on! I would love that. So I, I've to I've told you that if you complete a heroic uh, a horrific vision with a mask on, it will give you a transmog. Uh, so there's three mounts. There's obviously the one you get for the for the meta. He's yes. escaping. Um. So if you open up the mailboxes around Orgrimmar or Stormwind, you have a chance to spawn a rare mob called the Mail Muncher. If you get it to spawn and you kill it, you get a mount. Nice. I I, I need to go for the, some of these secrets in there because those, those would be awesome. Yep. And uh, obviously, if you get all of the research done and you pay Raffi and 100,000 mementos, you can get a, a bug mount as well. And then there's loads of pets that are just available from just like killing uh, chests and that. So, um, if you do both the five mask clears of Stormwind and Orgrimmar, you can get a pet called Reek, which is like a little abomination-like, uh, faceless, like, flesh mutation thing. Uh, there's Anomalous, which is like a void, uh, glob with all the eyes in it. I got that this week. Nice. Um, there's Kathuffa, which is Rexar's corrupted chest. If you beat him, there's a chance for a void corrupted, uh, pig to be in there. Uh, there's a Void Scarred Cat, which if you defeat Alaria, you got a chance for it to be in there. A Void Scarred Hare if you beat Umbrook in the Mage Quarter. A Void Scarred Pup for defeating Thrall. I've got that one this week. There's a Void Scarred Rat if you do the Dwarven District. There's a Void Scarred Toad when you help Rakan. And then there's like loads of toys as well. So, yeah. So really good for working towards the uh, toy achievements. 
there's achievements there. I think a lot of this is going to come by just as people get gear later on down the line and everything else. Uh, I also I also forgot that it's trans uh, it's not transport it's uh, time walking week this week. Oh, so all of the time walking vendors have had their buyable gear upscaled to four ten. So nice. that includes uh, if you go to the Wallets of Draenor one, they have weapons. So if you have an alt that you want to level, you can buy a four ten weapon for a character because there is no weapon. Um, there is actually no weapon as part of the quest line. Because there was, if you went to Nashatai, you could get a 370 weapon. But there's yeah. no weapon that you can get as part of the quest line. So if you I'm gonna be logging on all my alts and going to going to Draenor and picking up 410 weapons on all my alts. Because it's gonna make no. my life so much easier. Because yeah. a lot of like a lot of the melee stuff, a lot of their stuff's based on weapon damage still. Whereas uh, with every, with like caster classes, it's just a big dump of intellect because they're two-handed weapons for the most part. So uh, yeah, if you if you want to look at doing alts, go and get a four-turn weapon from there, or get lucky from a world boss. Your choice. Um, other than that, yeah, I think that's mostly been life. Just doing the raid and doing horrific visions, and just making sure I do my dailies every day. I'm I think I'm like fifty-six of the way through level seventy-eight on my heart, so I'm like only a, like a level and a half away from capping out the heart. Well, wow. cap, capping the heart because uh, there's still going to be Azerite to do. But like once I get to 80, I'm not going to do my Azerite world tour every day. And Azerite can just come naturally to me. Yeah. And, so. and then that's right. At 80, you get the the uh, trait that you can just keep pumping stuff into. No. So that got removed. Oh. So, I must have missed that. Yeah. So they removed that late in the PTR. So basically what happens at 80, there aren't, you get the last stamina node basically so an extra three percent stamina but then what happens is that you'll still have azurite levels so there's no gold quests out there that replace all your azurite world quests or anything else so no Probably free smart. no free gold making but what happens is you increase the item level and of the neck for every azurite level you get then but what a lot of people don't know is that the power of the essences is tied directly to the item level of the necklace so if you want your azurite essence stuff to be better on the neck piece then you want a higher item level it's i don't it's not going to improve that much because the amount of azurite you're going to need because they'll cap off um artifact knowledge essentially at some point but so it'll be irrelevant because it won't it won't ever scale down to like a thousand per level ever okay so uh, it's it's just how much you want to do it, and it's going to require. I think it'll let, probably end up dropping to about f maybe thirty five k, like for a level, and then it will just forever scale upwards per level, because they won't they won't just turn around and do one of the end and XP level, and then it will continue going forward. Smart, because at some point you don't want to get people too powerful. No, uh, well, I mean. If the raid's beaten, at, what, uh, at the end of the day, it's um, the best way to put the heart at that point. And the same with the cloak, because I'm not sure if the cloak has a finite endpoint. No one's really looked at that. I'm not entirely sure. Um, but what's wrong with the power gains? Like, it means that if they choose not to put in any sort of nerfs in that, then they could just say, like, your ever-growing Heart of Azeroth power and... 
your cloak that you can continuously upgrade from beating this off or doing your horrific visions, you can you can just incrementally increase your power that way. And that would work that because they did say your neck will be usable on Azeroth in the Shadowlands. Yeah, so it's not it's basically not going to work forward with any future content. But it'll just be like um, any legendary weapon that you've ever ever picked up in the past. So if you, so basically, I have a friend, who, uh, a rogue friend in my guild, and he basically has a time walking set set up for every time walking thing. So if you were going to do a cataclysm one, he would equip the the dragon soul daggers, and he his damage will be miles and miles ahead of everything else. Now don't get me wrong. He's a really good player, but because of the way that time walking works, if you have the appropriate gear, you will do more damage than if you just walked in from current gear and get scaled down. Okay. So he has a time walking set for everything. And wow. when we when we go back to so like he'll equip his Mr. Pandaria cloak for Mr. Pandaria time walking. Like if we go if we eventually get um BFA time walking, he'll have a legendary cloak which will be at whatever cap level that is corrupted gear he'll have his neck piece at whatever level that's gonna be and then that's because nobody else is gonna like you're not gonna think about it two three expansions down the line and they bring in bfa you're not gonna think oh i've got my heart of azeroth in the bank i'll go equip it yeah you don't think about it do you, you just hit that q button and you go yeah and wow that's the way to think of like bfa time walking but i mean that makes sense we're probably gonna get legion time walking next expansion maybe yeah the expansion after i think i think having it next expansion makes a lot of sense it varies yeah. up i still want them to just i still i still i still want them to make it a permanent thing that we can just queue for especially with the way that dungeons are probably going to be working instead of having like each drop down bar just let us just queue for a oh, dungeon yeah. i'm enjoying that when i'm going through on alt it's nice to be able to do a lot of the other dungeon and yeah i would love to I think that would that that would add a lot of a lot of fun and and again at, at a hard mode. I mean, I think that this divisions when, when you go into a dungeon at any level, be like, hey, I want to scale down to the to, to the the time. I mean, even if you don't queue up for it, you could just walk into a dungeon and say, hey, I want to scale for this. Mm-hmm. It would be really good. Um, I feel like we've talked a lot about what we've done this week, really. I think Horrific Visions took a, a bit of a turn there. And, um, yeah. Definitely talking I mean, about the storyline telling as well. Other than, like, the, yeah, I, I, my mechanism's at 49. So, I mean, I'm doing, for me, I'm doing I'm doing a lot of leveling of, like, the, the Vulpira and the Mechanome. Partly because I enjoy it. It's it's fun stream content for me to do because yeah. then I can be a little, a little more distracted. I can do squats and stuff like that. So... That's why I, I like leveling. Is I don't like having to. I don't, I don't like doing things that are, may have to make me focus too much. I do them, but nice just to be. Um, I mean, I'm just gonna round up uh, just a quick news thing because obviously the race to world first is the thing that's got all of. Uh, essentially, it's the biggest news story that's happening in War- in World of Warcraft this week. Yeah, World and- of Warcraft is the biggest news story. Um, Mr. Frasley obviously isn't as in tune with it as I am, but it's no. been. It's taken a very different turn uh, this week. So obviously the normal US and EU uh, time difference has happened. And then the Asia time difference has happened as well. Um, The first couple of days were really interesting. Limit has obviously taken the US lead. 
for pretty much all of it. They've had a good couple of days lead. They had so much of a lead that they decided to uh, go and do their heroic splits for the week. But because Method on the EU side has been so far behind limit, they spent all of their time trying to play catch up. And so because they've been trying to do things so fast, they haven't been putting margin into effect because sometimes it's a lot easier to take something a little bit slower and you know make sure you're doing something correctly and because they've been just trying to hammer through quickly it seems they've just taken like double the amount of pull attempts so now uh, and i think when one of the asian guilds like once uh, the asian servers went up they immediately went to like seven out of 12 like pretty quickly wow yeah like within i think within the first day they went straight up to seven out of 12 um and so both Limit and Method are on, um, they're both on the Zoth at the moment, but Limit is ahead. There's a secret Mythic scene as well. Uh, well, I say there's a secret Method part, uh, secret Mythic part of the boss fight. Limit has definitely been in and out of it and seen it and everything else. And uh, I'm not sure where Method's got to, but we're now at the interesting point because... This is essentially the same thing that happened during Desara Law, where Limit were ahead because of the time difference. Method caught up and then Method overtook. But Limit have felt really, really comfortable. It's really interesting to see um, somebody else be ahead. Yeah. But my biggest, my biggest problem with this is that the biggest argument the community will say in general is that if Method lose, then... The biggest thing is going to be, well, it'd be different if it was global patch, uh, global patch, global um, uh, reset. You yeah, know? which it's another thing I'll come on to very briefly because then you've got to think if that's the reason, then those Asian guilds that power through and get to seven out of twelve, what are they going to be like on a global release schedule? You know? Oh yeah, yeah. But the thing is that if Method wins, everybody goes. Lol W, Method were a day behind, and they caught up, and they won. You know? So, yeah. th there's a win if... There's a, uh, you're damned if you do and a damned if you don't situation. Personally, I believe that everybody should stop this bickering amongst themselves. Limit and Method, and everybody, everybody who's on this bleeding edge, mythic push like everybody that takes part as part of the race for world first hell i'd say just myth mythic raiders in general that do any sort of bleeding edge content these days are so so much better than the rest of us casual pve oh, yeah. players I, I don't understand why people latch onto these these guys and go lol you know yeah i i'm not at all like th there's nothing to laugh about like, they have skill level i mean i it it it's like watching some of the, some of the uh, pro the, the the pro teams we have. They yeah. go through so much, and and imagine the 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 mental stress that they're going through. That they've got to get this because you've got backers. You've you've got the world watching you. I mean, in, in a way, there's no one that's. I mean, I'm, I'm not a mythic raider, but there's no one that's like rooting me if I do or don't get get this. Whereas them, there's people that are expecting them. I mean, that would be. Let's have our own race, Frasley. We'll both level a character from 1 to 120. We'll race it and we'll see who can do it first. On stream, we'll, we'll do a 24-hour stream for charity or something, Frasley. Uh, okay. And, and I can we'll, do that. we'll do it. Maybe maybe, maybe be, this will be the way I do Iron Man. Iron Man racing. 
And just like how when I played Warcraft 3 versus with, with Michael, I got a feeling the person to my left is going to win. Other side. Oh, the person to my left is going to win. I it, it, It's reversed when I'm looking at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. But I, I saw you pointing like that way, whereas it's, oh, it's that way. Oh, over there is Scooby-Doo. So Scooby yeah, yeah Scooby-Doo, Scooby-Doo. Um... Uh, see, a lot of this has led to, because obviously BFA is the first time that we've actually had an, ex or was it Legion? One of these two expansions, either Legion or BFA, had a global release. Because normally it was, lol, EU gets it first, we launch at London midnight, and then the US has to wait for midnight on their Monday to Tuesday. It was, it was BFA for for the expansion yeah. release, and the patches have gone back. So... And the rumor on the street is that blizzard want to go forward with doing a global patch and a global reset cycle so that everybody's and, on the same page and my where i where i think they're, they're working on is they they are using classic as a test bed for the for the tech of it because they could be they, yeah. they have they've released the phases of classic globally and i got a feeling that they're trying to see what what happens with it because there's a lot more that goes in te te technically to make it global and i could see them probably doing behind i think the scenes stuff which... i think there'll still be some time parity with it i think the best way that they could possibly ever do it would be everybody gets a release on their tuesday so obviously asia would still get it first but it will still work on their daily daily quest reset cycle so uh, 8 a.m. server time is when quests reset. So it will everybody will get that patch release on that Tuesday, but it will all happen at 8 a.m. on their day, you know. And every and it because otherwise everything's going to be based on French time because that's what all the release for the expansion was. It was based on midnight French time, and that's when it got global release. So if we. That's if you did it at 8 a.m. French time for a patch, I mean, what that's like early in the morning for you, isn't it? Well, yeah. Though they didn't have it. No, actually, no, that was that was about like 9 p.m. for us. When, when... Yeah, yeah, but that's that's the expansion. You're five hours behind, yeah? Because that would release at midnight our time. So you're yeah. five hours behind, so that would be, well, that's three hours. It wasn't too late. Cause I, I remember we, the, the, I remember watching a podcast as we were playing. There was a podcast that was doing a live show while we were playing BFA at the at the at the, at the launch. And Legion and BFA had an interesting thing with their with their expansion deck. The servers never went down. That was cool. That it just automatically. The servers were moved. fine throughout BFA. Uh, I think there was a little bit of lag. Uh, every now and again, yeah. Especially, we we had like especially after a certain patch patches at BFA. I remember like I would feel like for a couple of days, even like the the latest one, mop those those zones. I had lag for a bit. That could have been add-ons. So I, I'm not gonna. So uh, I got the global release times for BFA. Yeah. So yeah. it was all based on Paris's midnight release schedule. So Paris had it at midnight. The UK had it at 11 p.m. New York, which I believe is your time zone, yes, was 6 p.m. EDT. That sounds right. 
Los Angeles was 3 p.m. PDT. So if we base it off Paris, so Paris gets it at 8 a.m. That'll be their daily reset, yeah? I would get yeah. it at 7 a.m., which means that you are five hours behind, which means that you would get it at 2 a.m. And then the West Coast, Los Angeles time, like PDT, would get it at 11 p.m. Now, that's all right for me at 7, 7 a.m. in the morning. But if yeah. if you were more hardcore in your World of Warcraft content uh, intake, then would you want to be up at 2 a.m.? Nope, cause no, I I'm a zombie, and man, I I had friends who stayed up for about 24 hours with BFA, doing it. Oh, I did and some that. Of them right. I I didn't do that. And if uh, Shadowlands does the same thing, sorry, 11 or 12, I'm going to bed. You mean you mean you don't want to do a a, co- a a story around Azeroth live stream, Mr. Frasley, where you and I just go through and do leveling on our own thing? Oh, we, we, we can. Just know that I'm going to go to sleep at some point. And I'll wake up. <laughs> and as soon as I wake up again, we can... So you can, you you cover all night. I think then... BFA took me about seven, eight hours, I think, to get from 110 to 120. Because I, I really remember having going out for a Subway sandwich at like 8 a.m. when it opened. And then coming back and ha- and having a sandwich on stream and just then just playing through and doing like end game stuff, like finishing I, off Drustfire and everything else. I feel like it took me a lot longer, but then I wasn't I wasn't going whole hog on it. I mean, I I think I was taking my taking my time with it a little bit, but wish I land. I'm gonna want to get to sixty. Soon. Yeah, that that already sounds weird to me. I know. I'll, I'll like, be honest. But, I almost at one thirty. I was like, no. 60. So so yeah. But if they went to a patch release cycle like that, yeah. Then obviously, think about it from a mythic raider point of view. Yeah. So all of those mythic raiders on America, if they continue to do it from American time, would be up at two a.m. to get started, which is hell. I can only imagine yeah. that's hell because the, a lot of the mythic teams have moved forward to. We'll do our grind during the day, and we'll sleep at night, and we'll have a normal modicum raiding cycle. You know, we'll still go yeah. ham, we'll still go hell for leather, and we'll spot, we'll sleep at night. You know, yeah. Whereas I think if you if you have your patch cycle, the problem is is that any time they turn around and go, we'll reset. Everybody will have a reset on the same day of the week. Everybody will have their patch release at the same time. The problem then becomes that you still have a time advantage on anyone who gets their patch at 8 a.m. first, you know? Yeah. So, like, essentially, Japan, Asia would get their patch first. They would start before EU. Yes, there wouldn't be 24 hours. There'd only be a few hours in between. Like, seven hours, I think, is the different time difference. But at that point, seven hours is a lot easier to catch up in 24 you know it feels yeah it definitely would feel a lot more even but then it puts america on the back foot because not only are they seven hours behind eu they're 14 hours behind asia but then it'd be interesting to see how the asian guilds do at the forefront i think the only realistic way they could do it is to pick a time zone and then release globally like that I think that might be the only way. But then it means that everybody can play for their 
well first it means that everybody has the fair point to see cutscenes at their own leisure at the same time instead of everybody that's not america having to wait 24 hours and to dodge spoilers yeah i mean it's the internet and, you're gonna have to dodge spoilers wherever you are in the world but oh yeah like don't know that uh that the in the uh, sixth sense he, he sees he's actually dead yeah that's it isn't it um, oh, no, I, I, I just ruined a huge spoiler. Uh, yeah, for a however year old film, I guess. Um, you you had something you wanted to talk about today as well, didn't you, Mr. Frasley? Yes, and I completely forgot what it was. I did not write Something it about questing, I think. Oh, yes. Okay. Um, world Quest. So I was, I, I was looking at what Michael was saying on Twitter about World Quest. And I so what, 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 did, what did Michael say? So that, this is as it is, yeah? Yeah, as it is, Michael, of the Genome Project. And whenever they return, if they return, will be the Blue Recluse. Um, he was saying how it's weird doing world quests. And you have, like, the war is still on. But the war is off. And I, I, I am with him on that. When I first heard about world quests in Legion, I thought, okay, cool. Every week, there, someone's going to go in and, like, update the, the, the text and stuff like that. So like the world quests are going to be uploaded every week, but we're going to get different ones, and they're going to be modifying as you go along. We're going to have new stuff, and what we got with the world quest, I kind of feel like we didn't quite get what, at least what I thought we were going to get. I thought we were going to get so new. I think a part of this we talked about last week, where we talked about how the story of the expansion then doesn't reflect the world. Yes. Oh, absolutely. So I do get what you're saying. Like, uh, as my so uh, verbatim, what Michael has put here is one thing that really bothers me in WoW, and maybe it's not even that big, is how world quests don't reflect the current content. The faction yeah. war is over. Bear with me one second. The faction war is over, and yet there are still Greymane telling me the Horde is invading and they must be stopped. So, I get that. It's, it's a big thing, you know? Uh, it's definitely something that is a thing. and Because the, the story just doesn't evolve. It's the same in Legion. We we had to still fight off the Nightmare in uh, Valsharar. We were still fighting off the Naga and everything else and Persistent Threats. The only way they've got to doing this is by introducing new world quests. And uh, with each patch to try and tell a better story as that goes and that now we are seeing we're seeing a, a step back from world quests to more of a daily quest step as well which you yeah. would have noticed from nazjatar and that's as it's moved from daily quest there into um the daily quest that we have for the current 8.3 assaults now i feel like it made sense in nazjatar because you picked a an assistant a follower a companion and then they had certain quests to help you out on that companion. And then you had yeah. your normal world quest target. I feel Nazjatar made more sense. But now it's just I go to Aldum or I go to the Vale. And there are world quest events which are hidden on the map. And there are just daily quests in a hub to pick up. Or three hubs depending on where you are. And I, it's, it's very weird. It's very strange. And I, I get the ones with, with, with voiceovers, though, if you know where the story is going, you 
you could script out the voices for every so every so every plot script out whatever lines the person's going to say i mean i know that's more work for the voiceover i'll be honest but... for you I, I just have an add-on these days which turns around and turns off all the talking heads after i've seen it once yeah so i mean where where i would would, would kind of want world quest to go would be every week somebody just uploads a team uploads new world quests every week that like that old world quests are gone even even if it's even if all they do is change the the text in it it would be cool and, and i would love a team that's that's creating new world quests a, a team that i mean the world i i i'm with michael that they feel stagnant at a, at a point you're like okay I'm, i i don't even hit, i when i first started legion i paid attention to the storyline of the world quests i don't do a lot, a lot of that anymore i admit that um i i don't feel world quests have ever mattered essentially um they've always been targets to just go and do yeah in terms of time saving they're a hell of a lot better than just going to a hub picking up a quest going to do x target and then flying back like um it i can't like bonus I, objectives yeah I, I think that's exactly what they are now I'm trying to remember what it was where you used to do all of your daily quests, you head back, and then you got a target to finish off your day. I think it was Throne of Thunder that did that. Like, you finished everything off, and then you had a, an extra quest to go on and do, like, the end story for that day. But, um... And... and one thing I realized is once we move on to the next expansion, what they could do is they could keep all the old world... They could keep the old world quest database. If, if they were updating it every week, just keep those ready, and then as soon as we go to the next expansion, cycle those back through. Can I be that completely way... honest with you? Yeah. I think World Quest and Shadowlands are going in the bin. I think I, I, I feel like they are intrinsically tied to the artifact power system, and after two expansions of artifact power, I think the, the community is completely, absolutely done with it. And I yeah. feel like world quests and the way that they operate are specifically tied in people's viewpoint as to how the artifact power system works in its games. Now, they could quite simply have an artifact power system and just put more daily quests in. But I feel like there's a lot of stigmatism towards the artifact power system. And if they did it again, then they if they would do just remove an artifact power system in any way go back to a gear based system and then turn around and um uh just do daily quests again and i feel like with the fact that we're going to be aiming on like four essential reps at the end of the game like that they're going to be just daily quest based rather than world quest based because we're not going to be building reps with other factions like for other I think we'll have a main faction that we can still get rep with, but to change covenants, there will be like a quest system, like a daily quest. You remember the repeatable quest hand-ins yeah. that we had back in like TBC and Wrath and everything else? I think we'll have something like that to change systems, which are irritating and grindy and everything else to try and persuade people not to do it. But there'll be a hidden feat of strength, just like there was for Aldor and Squire to do all four covenants on one character. Oh. Yep. I think there will be... I guarantee you, I bet there will be a hidden 
feat of strength to do all four covenants on one character. At which point, you can only do that at the end of the expansion because there will be evolving storylines with covenants as we go through the expansion. And that brings in your re your replayability. Because one thing I thought with, with removing world quests, how do you get people playing in, in the game the same way that like when you've been doing the Azerite World Tour, you've mm -hmm. been playing the game over and over again? Yeah, so my Azerite World Tour takes me about an hour, as every patch zone that's come out has added a little bit more time into doing that. So depending on how many is up in the Warfront that's currently available on the Realm, the yeah. the Nazjatar, and now I've got the 8.3 stuff, which takes a hell of a lot longer to do than just going to a World Quest and doing Azerite because I've got a rep to grind at the same time. So my yeah. hour turns into about two to three hours of gameplay, which means I don't play anything else unless it's a yeah. day off. So and that's what Blizzard wants. Keep playing our Well, the, the, this, is, this is the entire problem with BFA and what we've come to from legion now and i'm sure i've either said this before or will say it in a future episode or probably a mixture of both legion got you to play an alt because your alt didn't feel behind in accepting the fact of legendaries and you yes. never really played uh, played it to get a legendary because unless like there are some people who played enough to to get legendaries as drops and they played alts in a, in a raid format. That's fine. Got nothing against that. Yeah. But with the way that the class hall system worked and the way that the artifact power was gained, because the artifact power scaled so much, you could do a quick catch up. Whereas now where they've kept artifact power the same in BFA, and it's just a casual grind, uh, like the, the amount you need per level drops, um, it makes it slightly harder because you can only gain so much azurite power in a given day whereas artifact power you could quite easily just jump so far ahead like and catch up to your main just by doing a few world quests because you were getting millions of artifact power from a given world quest but yeah. because of the way the class hall works you the game kind of incentivized you to keep playing because your main artifact weapon would always be semi on par like you might have to do a couple of days just to catch up in terms of where you wanted it to be but your main character would always have its main story-driven weapon, and you had a mainline story different for each for each 11, 12 classes. You know? Now, yeah. we have alts who, if you made an alt today and got it to 120, your 120 endgame, if you catch up, if you do the Nazjatar quest, the catch-up Azerite puts your necklace at 50. Now flat if you do the Nazitar line so if you do yeah. all of that story you'll be at 50 plus whatever you'll get for finishing any mainline quest which is cool the neck is there what's the big problem with the neck come from from Nazitar onwards essences what are yeah. essences what are essences tied to doing stuff in the game yes blizzard's metrics now are how long like blizzard in an mmo metrics not just blizzard metrics an mmo metric is how long can we keep a given subscribed player playing so you have extended time gates to continue this is why time gating exists in an mmo because they want you to keep playing past the time gate to get the lock why are there 
gates on doing the legendary cloak because they want you to come back week on and week out to keep playing the game yeah so why does azerite power take so long to get why are essences tied behind these massive grinds because they blizzard wants you as a player to keep playing which is the core reason why they won't tie account bound essences to the game and i guarantee you it will happen in the expansion pre-patch because they're like you know you're not going to be doing any of the activities anymore so anything that you've gained on one character will be available on all the rest of your characters in the account they'll get massive praise for it but it'll have come too late yeah solely for the reason that it's irrelevant you know, everybody who wants to level an ult will level an ult in a pre-expansion event, which will probably happen, which will probably be, I believe, some form of the zombie outbreak again, or it will do something. It will be a, a, a change on that, I imagine, because they won't do that at the same event three times. It will be more Shadowlands focused, like there'll be rifts in the sky. It'll be it'll be another invasion, but it'll be rifts in the sky and it'll be Reapers or whatever, and we'll have yeah. to fend them off in given zones. Now the metric that you'll you'll have in the pre-event will be how long can we keep the player playing they're not going to be raiding anymore they'll be they'll notice a big drop off once you know people have finished raiding because there's nothing to do unless you want to do your mythic plus 15s to get your titles and your mounts because they put that yeah. in for this expansion to try and keep people playing yes this sounds very cynical but unfortunately it's the way that business works yeah blizzard wants you to keep playing their game that you pay a subscription for how do blizzard do that they put in artificial time gates to keep you playing to see what happens. You know, they might put in a quest. There might be a hidden quest that's locked in the game. That's locked behind a time thing that you can only see once X week unlocks. There might be a, a story because there are some of the cutscenes are, are now locked behind completing a gate in an instance. Blizzard have worked out how to hide it. That's why the Rathian cinematic was in uh, to open the carapace of Nazoth was hidden and no one found it. No one found it. And then the first time we saw it is when when the, um, I believe it was, is it Strawberry Puppy Kisses, I believe the, the guild that uh, the player from Wowhead goes to. Like, because uh, the Wowhead guys got like world first normal or something and they got to the carapace and they saw that cutscene and beat Nazoth first. So they got all of those cutscenes. I didn't realize um, that they had a, a, a cutscene on, on there. Yeah, no. So there's a cutscene when you get to the carapace and it opens now. There's a, that that cutscene was not data mined. Ah, which I am glad. I am glad that there's stuff that we don't know ahead of time. It, yeah. Because it, 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 it was, it was, it was sad that even, even before everything, that that we saw the end of the raid cutscene before anybody ever cleared it. Yeah, and um, well, we saw one of them. We saw yeah. the we saw what the uh, in-game character cinematic. We didn't see the actual cinematic cinematic, which was the Lord of the Rings homage type thing. Um, but we don't know. There might be stuff in there that might be tied into. They could have a worldwide cinematic, or event, or quest, like tied in to, um, if someone beats Nazoth on Mythic. That would be cool and have like the world change. Like... Well, ex exactly like how everybody's world changed when, well, anybody's realm changed the first time anybody beat, um, 
Gul'dan in the Nighthold. Because you didn't have to beat that yourself. One person, one group had to beat Gul'dan in the Nighthold on any difficulty, normal or, normal or heroic, for that cut to, for everybody to see Argus in the sky. Oh, I, that, th I, th I thought that was... With, that with wasn't a, uh... personal. That was tied to your realm. Well, I mean, I, I thought that that was just a it unlocked. So, so somebody on my, on my realm must have... I'm, I, I'm on the realm with, 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 with Convert to Raid. So, of course, yeah. Uh, of course, they would have... So you would have logged um, in after they'd beaten it. Yeah. You could have logged in day two and you would say, why is there a massive planet in the sky? If you didn't keep on top of the cutscenes, which you probably do um, for the sometimes. most part. Yes, sometimes. For the, when it's right in your face and somebody links it. But... Yeah. yeah blizzard's intrinsic they don't care that you'll you'll pay 9.99 to not play their game they've got their their metrics are based on how long a given player is playing which is why if you look at warlords of draenor blizzard's metrics were like everybody's playing there's multiple billions of characters that are just popping up and they're leveled they're max level this is great news we've got the numbers what are they doing oh they're all sitting in the garrisons Oh, why are they sitting in the garrisons? Well, these characters are just logging in and they're doing their board missions because we're offering so much money for it. And that's why there was a massive change in the how that system worked in Legion. Now, to counter-argue, I can see if I were just to pay $10 but not be in the world, the world would be one less person full. And I could yes. see that then, then like enough people are like, oh, he's not playing. I don't want to play. Well, I mean, this is I... this is the other thing when it comes to metrics. Like, a metric for an MMO company is based mostly on two things. It's there are a few others that take it. It's how much income that the game is bringing in. Yeah. There's how much income. Uh, there's how much time that a a paying player will spend in the game. It doesn't even have to be a paying player because there are free to play players that log in just on their uh, free to play account and just do RP. There are people that do that. They literally just come into the game and they just RP it up to level 20. You know? Oh, yeah. So there are metrics on how long people are playing. Now, obviously, there's player engagement and social media tactics, but because they don't bring any revenue or, you know, a lot of the times uh, internet outrage can essentially be swept under the rug in a week or two because as, as it blows over, which is why you don't see anybody really look at social media outrage from like a big company and they'll blow yeah. up and they'll go they'll turn it away because because it's how it, it's how the internet works which is unfortunate is as soon as something happens it'll be massive it'll be huge for a week but unless you've got someone pushing that narrative every day and is engaged with pushing that narrative then that narrative just goes under the rug and people move on to the next big outrage on the internet so social media metrics really don't come which is why you will see that th this is why a lot of the stuff changed way back when. Do you remember when everybody went, oh yeah, we're a Blizzard dev, you know, we'll answer as many questions as we can. And then all of a sudden, between Blizzard Heroes, StarCraft 2, Hearthstone, and everything else, they went, please, if you contact a dev, a dev will not answer your question. They will direct you to the main account, like Warcraft devs. The Hearthstone account would answer questions, but these accounts didn't answer as much as possible. Was that in the beginning of uh, of Legion? No, it was before that. Okay, then I was not here when that when that was happening. So uh, yeah, no, a lot of the de like some devs answer questions, like 
some of them do do, but there was a big change and they were like, we can't answer your questions anymore. You have to go to the main account. You know? Yeah. But a, a large part of it could have been they don't want their devs bothered on their personal accounts. Um, and and then also policing the opinions because that is another uh, big thing. Because like he promised that but we didn't get that. I, I could see it's, it's It's also getting an answer from one person when it turns out it's not the correct answer down the line as well. Yes. I believe a lot of it also comes from when the main websites were tracking blue tweets as well. Because oh, that yeah. would... Ca- I, I do remember that. Yeah, because that would come from anything they would say rather than... Uh, like, And then if they said something worthwhile that was reported on, it'll be in the main body of a post on that given day. So there's a lot interesting there and there's a lot not interesting, but like it's really hard because I like I like what Blizzard represented as a company way back when. But you gotta remember that times have changed and big business has changed and the way how it's changed and the way how the internet's changed from in fifteen years. Yeah. And the way business has changed as well and how people judge metrics and everything else. And especially especially when we look at Blizzard and World of Warcraft as an MMO and we look at how much content we consume, you know? Yeah. And then we'll complain about the time we spend in game when we want to go somewhere else and play a different game or we've got to go to work or we've got to go see friends and we've got to do outdoor stuff and... Then we complain that we're not home playing the game. And when we're in the game, we're complaining that we haven't got enough stuff to do because we've done it all already. Yeah. So there's a lot of metrics to take into advice here. But um, yeah, I think I think that's a good point to end on. And I think we kind of cut off your question. So I think we'll come back and revisit that next week. Um, yeah, I'll put that on the docket for next week and we'll revisit world questing a bit more, I think. Because I, I think it's a good topic to talk about. And rather than me curtailing it into a massive spin-off. And if you're listening, send in your your feedback on the World Quest to whatever feedback thing. This Use the hashtag has. stories around Azeroth. I will ch- me or Frasley will check it. If you use the hashtag, it's something I've been meaning to put on the video cast anyway. Uh, I use it whenever I'm going live anyway with the, with the actual stream or when the podcast goes live. Use the hashtag stories around Azeroth if you've got, if you want to put in your feedback about the world quest system, daily quest, how you feel it is, if you like it, if you don't, whatever. We'll have a look next week and we'll get back and we'll try and read some of these off live and I'll put it on the screen if I can. Ooh. Absolutely. And, yes. and maybe we could even say it in a... Maybe like a fun voice. Sir Poopy Pants Forty Five on Twitter says World Quest sucked. I'll let you do that. I don't have a fancy voice modulator. Oh boy, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to follow me on the social media, you can follow me at Titans Creed at Gaming Phoenix. If you just want the gaming streaming video one, uh, you can follow us live. Like this show that we've recorded over at twitch.tv slash Project Phoenix Productions. You can catch the VOD over at youtube.com slash Project Phoenix Productions. Mr. Frasley, where can they find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at FrasleyTastic. Find me every week talking with people around Azeroth at gnomepodcast.com. And on Twitch where I'm doing squats and stuff at gnome.live. 
or twitch.tv slash frasleyes. Yes, that too. That too. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you once again. Thank you to the live chat for joining us. As always, your input and questions and conversations that we see every week are invaluable. If you haven't managed to join us live, leaving a comment on YouTube or on the podcast feed is absolutely welcome as well when they go up live on a Wednesday morning at 10.30 a.m. in the UK. And that's five hours earlier for the East Coast and even earlier on the West Coast and seven hours ahead if you're over in asia regardless thank you very much for joining us once again for another episode of stories around azeroth ladies and gentlemen and as mr frasley always likes to say be awesome <laughs>